The search of the three missing Montgomery College students continues in Frederick County tonight. Ten days and thousands of man hours have been unable to produce any clues. We have a few leads, a um, few other options we want to take advantage of and just try to put together some, uh, some pieces to this puzzle. Do you believe the occult may be involved in the disappearance of your son? I'm so scared. Welcome everyone to Cinemarcade. This is the podcast where movie about movies, video games, and the sparks that fly when those two worlds collide. I'm already forgetting the intro because it feels like it's been a long time <laughs> comparatively since we've all gotten together to do this. So I'm forgetting stuff already. Uh, but that should not diminish my excitement in any way to talk about this movie and to close out our month of spookiness. Uh, a month that's been a lot of fun for me because I always love getting real into it. But Today we're talking about The Blair Witch Project, and who else is lost in the woods with me right now bickering over a map? Um, I am J-Ban, uh, real excited. <laughs> there's, a, there's a palpable energy in the room right now. I think, I think everyone can feel it. Who else is here with us? Uh, hi, my name is Justin, and I will never kick and or touch any creepy looking effigy like things in the woods because that is how you get murdered that's I'll, true i'll make or an haunted. effigy i'll make an effigy uh, yeah uh, i know you're not like they they heavily discourage that you that you make cairns but i'm like screw it i'm alive i'm a human i can make a cairn for Absolutely. now yeah, that's I how mean, you end up unalive. No, no, no. Making care like if leaving them to freak other people out. Yeah, you leave them to share the reality with other people. Look, I'm not. Same thing where I'm not going to touch a Ouija board in my lifetime. Really? I'm not. Oh, even though it says I'm like Parker Brothers it. on it, like that I don't care. You. Okay. Look, the ghost of capitalism can live well through. <laughs> Anything. Uh, I don't want to mess Henry with it. Henry Ford, you have freed me from your Henry Ouija Ford board. was a very scary person. He yeah, was, he was, he was kind of a jerk. He was very yeah. shady. Yeah, no, I'm genuinely afraid of Henry Ford. Uh, well, we're glad to have you back. We're glad that you recovered from your warlock's curse, Justin, uh, that, uh, that yeah. turned you into Christian for a while. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but you're fine now. Yes, uh, glad to have you back. And uh, today we are talking about the Blair Witch Project, one of the true cinematic phenomenons of my lifetime like like absolutely an unprecedented weird hit movie that uh i, I think is still pretty divisive to this day i i we haven't talked about it beforehand but i suggest i i expect it's going to be a little divisive amongst the i i think i agree that i think it is going to be very divisive and i'm trying to interrogate like through this this episode i'm going to try to interrogate my own um like opinion about this movie because there's an opinion I have about this movie and I'm just like there's just so much evidence to the contrary but it's just hmm. it's so difficult for me to um, be like I've just I've got a negative interpretation of this movie and that's fair yeah and you're not alone a lot of people 
really turned on this movie. Some of it is just like the unexpected success of it. Uh, some of it is just like the the way that it's shot and the way that it's presented is not really for everyone. And I still understand that. I will I will say that this movie has always had kind of a strange sort of power for me. I mean, I think I was just at the right age when this came out. Like I was never. I was never in the bag for it, like, oh, my God, I believe this is real. Like, there were a, a vocal number of people who thought this was actually a real documentary. Um, I was never quite there, but I did always think this was a really scary, well-done, effective movie. And I'm willing to bet, Justin, this is your first time with this one. Yeah, I yeah. actually knew production lore about the movie, but I had never seen it. Well, let's get into some of that production lore, because it is a fascinatingly made movie. Uh, the Blair Witch Project was released July 14th, 1999. It's directed and written by Daniel Myrick and Eduardo Sanchez, and it stars Heather Donahue, Michael Williams, and Joshua Leonard. Uh, yeah, so Daniel Myrick and Eduardo Sanchez, they were film students in the early 90s, and they were talking and they realized that the movies that they found scariest were not like scripted horror films, but they were like made-for-TV documentaries about ghost sightings, mm -hmm. things like that. That was the stuff that always creeped them out most. So they came up with the idea of kind of combining the two, making a movie that looked like one of these made-for-TV documentaries. Uh, they wrote out a 35-page script outline, and then they put out a casting call for actors with a lot of improvisational experience because they would need to come up with most of the dialogue on the fly. Uh, the three actors they cast were selected out of a pool of more than 2,000 hopefuls who came out. Oh, wow. Uh, they were cast for their chemistry, Dang. their improbabilities, and their ability to operate a camera, which is also all very essential for the making of this movie. Yeah, now, I think this might be some of the lore you're talking about. The way this movie was shot <laughs> is that these three actors were just dropped in the Maryland woods for eight days and kind of left to their own devices. So I think partially that helps with the sense of authenticity that this movie has, where they're really starting to feel agitated and dirty and tired by the end of the movie. Um, but, for, yeah, for the most part, they were all alone. It's my understanding that uh, it felt genuine that they were agitated because they were actually getting agitated and pissed off at each other yeah, absolutely. over the duration of this whole project. Yeah. Oh, I, I would not doubt it at all because the directors were largely unseen, but they were making their presence felt uh, by they would leave film canisters out in front of their tents every morning, which would give them general character notes and like where they wanted their characters to go by the end of this day like they don't care how they get there they just have to end up at this point and they would also show up at night and do weird stuff to their tent to freak them out they did not know when or what was going to be happening there's a famous scene in this movie where you hear her just screaming like oh my god what the fuck is that and we don't actually pan the camera and see what she's looking at what she was looking at was a production assistant in like a white morph suit like just standing in the woods, like off in the distance, just like just standing there, not chasing them, just like trying to freak them out. Yeah, and they, you know, we see some of this in the movie, like the the hands on the tent and like things like that. And uh, and if I think it was this particular one or one of the later Blair Witch movies, but I believe in this movie you never really see the any of the the spookies. No. But it was my understanding that they originally wanted to do some with that and yeah. just couldn't either – they couldn't figure out a way to do it or their plan failed. Either they were going to try to, like, rig something and they just couldn't get it to work quite right. I think um, it was largely budget because I think all told, before advertising costs and everything like that, this movie cost about $60,000. 
which is, for those who know anything about filmmaking, that's pretty incredibly cheap uh, for a movie to get made and like still uh, pay your cast and crew and stuff like that. So uh, that was a big, yeah, that, that was probably an element to why they had to leave it out. I think it's more effective that we didn't see any of the monsters in this. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was more effective that you didn't see the monsters. Um, I think it's, uh, I do like the arts and crafts a- a- angle. Yeah. And I do, I am very partial to the arts and crafts horror field. Like, uh, like True Detective, did, yes. like I feel like is an heir to Blair Witch and the uh, arts and crafts of <laughs> nature of horror. Um, yeah, it's kind of rustic, like folklore, Americana kind of spin on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing how scary this movie can be just by like taping a couple of sticks together. Like that is there's something to be said about how effective that is. There's a game called The Forest where a big part of the game is that you you crash land on an island Mm -hmm. and there's like cannibals on the island. Yeah, yeah. But you you don't you like discover all of this on your own, um, including finding like their effigies and stuff with like. You know, some of them are just, you know, harmless looking wooden stuff like what we see in this movie. Yeah. And then you'll find one with a burning skull and you're like, oh, 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 oh. That one I don't ominous think somehow. I should be here. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that game took a lot of cues from that part of like just having creepy stuff around yeah. Yeah. to give you the kind of like suspense and like uh, atmospheric horror of yeah. like something's out here and I don't know where it Yellow is. Yellow Jackets also yeah. air to the Blair Witch arts and crafts movement. Yeah, um, like antler headdress yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, this movie, they shot around 20 hours of footage altogether and then the directors edited it down to that 81 minutes. Very tight movie. That is um, surprisingly a small amount of footage considering they had multiple cameras for That's eight true. Days. Yeah, yeah. I imagine a lot of it was probably not very usable, but yeah, they, they put them out there and, and had them do that. Um, yeah, like I said, all told, this cost about $60,000 from start to finish. It debuted at Sundance in early 1999. It was a surprise hit right off the bat, and Artisan Entertainment bought this movie for $1 million. That's not a company that exists anymore, but they mm-hmm. were, uh, I think the Lionsgate owns them now. Um, and uh, now they had to figure out how to market this very unusual film. And so that's kind of where the legend of the Blair Witch sort of comes out, because uh, this is the first movie to have like a viral internet marketing campaign, uh, which is kind of a big deal. So the website for this movie is pretty iconic. Uh, they had this, they had like missing posters, they had faux police reports, they had supplementary material, documentaries, other things like that. Kind of, they, they made the website be all about what happened to these kids without actually saying this is for a movie, mm-hmm. you know, and that was kind of a brilliant way to do it. And then, they showed a 30-second teaser trailer before Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, which was the biggest movie of that year. It was the scene of, uh, you know, the the monologue of her, like, kind of going up her nose, the oft-parodied uh, monologue where she's saying she's so scared and apologizing to her family. Uh, they showed a little bit of that before Phantom Menace, and that was just kind of like, everybody is just like, what the hell movie is this? Like, mm-hmm. this looks insane. And... This was uh, an, an outright phenomenon, like no other way to put it. Uh, after incredible world word of mouth and small theatrical run, it expanded wide, made more than $30 million its first week, which is 500 times its budget. Yeah. Pretty insane. Uh, it would continue to rack up wins. It would stay in the total bo- in the box office for the top uh, the top ten for ten solid weeks for a total box office run of two hundred and fifty million 
which made it the most profitable movie of all time in terms of just raw profit. Mm -hmm. It's since been beaten by Paranormal Activity, which cost less and made more. Uh, My question to that is... Where did that money end up? Because you said that they the movie I was, was bought for one million. Yeah, is that is the one million pretty much all that the creators got out of it, and then the studio I'm, took the rest? I'm not or? sure what their deal was. I hope that the I hope that everybody kind of made a good amount of money off of this. I'm not entirely sure if the cast got really compensated. I know all three of the cast members had kind of a negative experience with. More with the fallout of this movie, because for those who weren't alive in 1999 or who weren't really cognizant of it, the Blair Witch Project was a phenomenon. Yeah. Every late night talk show had their own spin on it. There were so many different parodies. There's so many different you know, ways that it worked itself into popular culture. Just in 99 alone, we had the Bogus Witch Project, the Hip Hop Witch Project, <laughs> the Bear Wench Project, the Tony Blair Witch Project. And then, of course, the Scooby-Doo project, which we all just sat and watched, and it was kind of delightful. A uh, 17-minute short on car- a Cartoon Network. That's uh, a weirdly dead-on parody now, of the movie. When we say it's a 17-minute short, isn't that just about an episode of Scooby-Doo? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's about an episode of a cartoon <laughs> show. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think one of the most important impacts that this movie had was, like, all of a sudden kind of the floodgates were open and everybody in the world is just sort of like, oh shit, I could make the next Blair Witch Project. Mm-hmm. And everybody, did. J-Ben, did you and your friends make a Blair Witch parody at any point in your lives? Uh, no, not, no, I didn't have a camcorder, but I definitely, the cool uh, band boys ha- <laughs> uh, had a camcorder. We always so, go back to the cool band like, boys. I, they, I think you have a skewed I, idea of how cool band kids uh, are. Uh, I, I was... I was, um, in my opinion, they were the cool kids. Um, I don't know, like who who ca- who gives a fuck about football? Like the exactly. band, ma- band kids making, uh, they made a parody of Evil Dead and they showed oh. it in our group. Oh, and, like, amazing! And I was just like, I was like, oh my god! If I had a game, I would hit on y'all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but I did not have game as a t- as a, a teenager. Um, yeah, I mean it, it, it's. For me, yeah, my friends definitely broke out the camcorder and we filmed our own little cheapy, like, goofball versions of Blair Witch where we're like, you know, everybody, if it's not exactly this, everybody got the idea to suddenly make their own horror movie. Yeah. Because suddenly it's viable. Like, this is a realistic amount of money to raise to make a movie, and Mm -hmm. this movie was a huge crossover hit, you know? So suddenly it's viable. Anybody could be a filmmaker. And I think that really translates into kind of the internet era of filmmaking. You know, yeah. more and more we're seeing people who are making movies on their phones. Like that's a perfectly viable way to make a movie yeah. now. My friends definitely did not pull out the camcorder because they were three. They, they were four. <laughs> All right, <laughs> come on. Excuse me. Some of them might have even been five. Both the tough kids, maybe. Oh, yeah. I was actually oddly enough the one of the older kids. Oh, because of the way my birthday fell and the way like the cutoff was because the cutoff was like February or something. Okay, My birthday was January. So I was like, all right, I got the edge. You got (laughs) the edge. At no point did I have any other edge, (laughs) but I had that one. You still have that, though. You still have been born in January. Um, And like even to this day, uh, I am older than like my my roommate who we've been friends for a long time and we've we were on the same T-ball team. Uh, it's like, yeah, of course he's younger than me. <laughs> I mean, he's the baby. Of I the think household. so. Getting to the movie, yes. Um, you don't want to talk about my childhood anymore. 
<laughs> Continue, please. <laughs> Continue, please, before he talks more about his childhood. You could have just kept talking. <laughs> uh, is there anything more you want to talk about, Justin? No, honestly. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, but I was about to say, it's like, I feel like I had a hard time when I first, when this movie first came out. Uh, well, first of all, like, I feel really bad for the actors because they all use their real names. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so they were getting, like, their families were oh. getting condolences, like, cards. Yeah. Because uh, they, oh, didn't, no. they, were, they didn't realize that, you know, these people weren't actually missing and weren't actually in trouble. And it also made it very difficult for them to get jobs d- down the line. Uh, and I just, like... So I'm an improviser. We're all improvisers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I've done improvised movies and like they're really fun, but they're also very difficult. They're, they take a big toll on the actors. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I heavily am- admire the actors in this. However, I do think like the character choices to make the character so unlikable yes it just it, it was a real struggle for me because like the heather donahue like character was definitely like a person like uh, she's like a woman in charge but they make her so unlikable it, mm. it's like it's a it was a real challenge for me to be like this lady is so fucking annoying. She doesn't know what she's doing. She's doing, she's unprepared to go out into this wilderness. Uh, and like, they're so woefully unprepared and like lackadaisical that it's really hard to like them. Um, yeah. Uh, well, and I think once the, so much of the tension like throughout the movie is coming from their bickering, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's the tension is between the actors. Yeah. And, you know, I do think it was a choice, and I understand this is also a complaint I've heard a lot of people have about this movie, is they have a hard time getting on board with with these characters and with the decisions that they make, you know. And Blair Witch really influenced this resurgence in found footage horror movies in general, and I think that's kind of a recurring... Because the same complaint is made about Paranormal Activity oh, and Cloverfield. Paranormal like Activity, the, the real hell in Paranormal Activity is that woman's relationship. That like, guy, that guy, yeah, that guy was sucks. so yeah. awful. Yeah. Oh, my God. But yeah. I still think that in terms of like, like, yeah, he sucked, but he at least wasn't like aggressive. Mm-hmm. No, uh, he was just kind of like a an alpha bro who uh, didn't know what he was talking about, but he, was charging ahead anyway. He was a day trader, bro. Yeah, I always think about that. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm a day trader. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, there was definitely a choice. There was definitely a lot of backlash against this movie and against these actors, unfortunately. Which, like, they were not prepared for this movie to be this big like well, imagine like like uh, some of us have worked on movies before like could you imagine if some of the little movies we want we made like <laughs> with our friends so for weird. fun were suddenly made massive blockbusters and like, then that's on, a weird idea is that and that's a very good point because if you were like an actor who's acted in things before uh, i say in things before but like in notable things before even yeah. if you were just a side character like i was a background character in uh law and order yeah yeah uh, bum, bum. Yeah, at least then, like, when something like this comes out, they go, oh, okay, you know, they're an actor. But when you're still kind of in the unknown area doing these, like, smaller indie projects and IMDb doesn't really exist. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, they go, oh, that's you. Now, of of these three, uh, only Joshua Leonard is still acting. He's in a lot of, like, mumblecore movies like uh, uh, Hump Day. And he he was in the recent um, Soderbergh movie Unsane where he's, like, 
the main killer. Like, so was... he's still acting. Heather Donahue actually changed her name and Fair. is a, a pot farmer. Um, she's doing very well. Oh, nice. She lives in upstate New York. She she grows pot and uh, she changed her name to kind of get away from all this hype. How how long has she been a pot farmer and how long was it legal to do that in New York? She she was growing medicinally for a long time. Okay. Uh, and then, yeah, now I was like, wait a minute. Now I imagine it's a different thing. Um, you know, she's following her bliss. She's doing well. Um, yeah, what did uh, you say she was following? She's her bliss. Oh, follow I thought, your bliss. In my head, I was like, follow your blaze, man. Follow your blaze. Also that. Yeah, why oh, not? Also that. Also that. Uh, but yeah, I think it, it's hard because like I look at this movie and I don't like it. However, I love so many things about it. Like, okay. I love the fact that it's an improvised movie. Yeah. Like, I, I, I adore that. I feel like they do a really good um, job of having um, a tense uh, lore building situation. I love the, the beginning interviews. I am a yeah. sucker yes. for mythology and lore. So, like, the interviews at the beginning um, setting up this mystery is like I love those. I could I could have watched an and hour and a half of those interviews. Oh yeah, I I think I think it set a good tone for the movie because sometimes when movies do that, they're a little you can tell that they're kind of like leading or you know uh, they're all saying the same thing. But this was like it felt like just a bunch of people around a small town telling the folklore and the legends of the town. And it was because a, a there, mix, yeah. Yeah, there was some intersections, but like the only thing that really was uniform was that the kids disappeared and never showed up. That's the thing. It, it was a mix of like actors and actual locals who were just kind of telling these folk stories that they like either partially remembered or were making up in the spot or like remembering things like that. So like there is a nice authenticity to it. Um, one last note I want to make about this is that this did become a franchise. Mm -hmm. uh, people forget that there is a second and a third movie. Have either of you seen any of the sequels? No, no. Oh I've... my God. Stay away from book of secret book of shadows, Blair, Witch two that came out in uh, 2000. So it was like a less than a year turnaround to get that movie out. What a pile of shit. Uh, Justin, you might like it. It's almost all like new metal on the soundtrack. Oh. So you might actually like Hold at least on. that soundtrack. I'm pulling up the soundtrack. I'm sure there's some band named like Blood Shovel or something like that. I don't know what they call it. But then there was a 2006 reboot uh, called Blair, just called Blair Witch, which uh, was goes back to the found footage roots and is better. Uh, it's not a very memorable movie, but that's just kind of like that's the movie where they did have the special effects budget now to show us the witch mm -hmm. and it's just less scary it's less, less scary. it's less effective you know like i think the the brilliant thing about this movie is how little they actually show you and how scary they managed to make I it so do i mean yeah let's get into it i do think that the final shot is scary i do yes. think that you're sitting through this him and being in the corner and then just like the the end the the abrupt ending is scary it is like uh, it's just like um it's just like the movie is 80 some minutes and it feels like it's three hours uh and it's <laughs> Especially I'm ready when, to fight you on this one. I'm like, yeah. When when I watched the movie, I was as I often am, running a little bit late. So I was like, all right, uh, I'm gonna put this bad boy on 1.2 times speed because man, is this dragging a little bit. We're we're going a lot of places and nowhere. 
all at the same time. Well, I mean, that's the point. <laughs> we're they're constantly moving, but then the only thing that's happening is they're just getting annoyed, which means they're getting more annoying to me as well. well I think it's also like there's – there's quintessentially i grew up in michigan i grew up in forests like a a reasonable size like like if you get lost in a forest you pick a direction and you go and you like there's no reason for you to go in a circle unless you're following trails yeah uh like the trails are designed to be like like in a circle but like if you're actually trying to get back to your car or something um like i have been lost maybe once or twice and like in, when I was in Northern Ireland, I kind of got fucked once uh, mm. because I was like walk wandering around. But you know what I did? I picked a direction and I fucking went <laughs> went yeah. with it. Um, and then you just sort of hope for the best, and you're like, oh, I found this road, and now I can ask for directions. I think the rule uh, is you're supposed to find a water source, right? You just find like a river and follow that because so it's always going to go to something bigger. The hard part about following a re- that's what you're supposed to do. But the thing is, is that most rivers meander, yeah, so they yeah. fall back on themselves. So that's a really inefficient way to to find your way back. That's fair. Uh, but um, it's it's better than nothing. It's better. It's better than kicking uh, the map into the river and and just I'm, walking in circles. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Look, as, I, as a child of the corn, <laughs> I will say that J Band's advice is usually a good idea. If you're if you're ever stuck in a cornfield, just walk down the fucking rows of corn until you get to the end of the corn, and then walk around the end of the corn until you get to where there's a road. Okay. Somewhere, somehow, somebody drives to that field. <laughs> all right. All and right. then you find the road, and then you follow the road until you find people. And that's the rule too. If you're caught in a corn maze. Just put your hand on one wall and then just like keep keep your hand on the wall. No matter where you go, it'll it'll take you out. That's for all the many people getting caught in corn mazes on this. Uh, <laughs> I like how, I hope people are listening to our podcast just be like, you know what? I, I was say, af- I was afraid of getting lost and now I'm not. This is absolutely the most uh, current episode we've ever recorded. I should say we are recording this the night before this goes up. I'm going to edit this directly after we watch it. We yeah. can make current cultural current references. cultural references. Uh, how about them uh, sports teams that are Sport- winning? Uh, Rangers are in the World Series. Are they? Uh, I learned that this week from a friend of mine. Good for uh, that Texas team? Uh, Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I do. Oh, okay. The Texas, Texas Rangers. Yeah. yeah it's it also the sense. New York Rangers hockey team. Oh, um, yeah. They're doing all right. That'd be funny if the uh, baseball team had to fight the hockey team. They fight, right? I think the, the, ho- I think the I hockey, think the team, hockey team, team wins, wins that, that fight. I mean, they have knives on their feet. But yeah. I digress. I they digress. used to have Ryan Reeves, too, but now they don't. He's no. he's a guy who really just fights people, and that's about it. Oh, okay. It's a good he's, time. he's a goon, that's he's, what they call it. He's kind of one of the last. I know a sports thing. Um, but, uh, but anyway. He's, he's so, not going to be there much longer. And Speaking of somebody... goons, yeah, let's, I, I want to I make a defense of the character's actions in okay. this. Like, I think, yes, the, the, it is always a struggle, and this is a complaint I've heard about this movie forever, and I understand it. I really do. It is hard to get on board with characters who make decisions that are not do not seem very intelligent. But we also need to check our own sense of privilege, like watching from a, a seat, like knowing this is a movie and knowing where they go. The characters are not supposed to know they're in a movie. And even more so, this is a story about hubris, right? You're venturing. It's a, it's a classic American folklore of you are venturing into a place where you don't have any right to be, but you're kind of like blithely wandering in either because you're ambitious like Heather is or you're just young and and angry like Mike is or you're just going along for the ride like Josh is you know that's 
kind of what the point of it is. But I understand, like, especially when it's going for such verisimilitude, but, like, you need to feel like you are living with these characters. Uh, of it those does feel like they're being three dumb. characters, who do you identify the most with? Oh, God, I'm probably Josh. Josh? I'm probably the Josh of the group, yeah. I'm just I'm just trying to, you know, get high and, like, film stuff and then get my teeth ripped out. <laughs> that's, that's my life goal, really. What do we think? I, I don't know. You're, I think you might be the Mike. No, honestly. I'm a Heather. Uh, you think you're a Heather? Well, only, like, I'm good at my job. Um, <laughs> oh, snap. You're better Damn. at growing weed than Heather. Okay. No, it's just, like, uh, I feel like and I feel like that's one of the reasons why her character probably, like, annoys me so much is because I see a lot of myself in her. Sure. Like, somebody who, like, wants to create projects and get stuff done and go out and do stuff that maybe people haven't done before. But, like, honestly, like, you, you're taking people into the woods and you don't know how to, like, like, literally this should have that should have been like a day trip it should have been like should have been it, it should have been four hours in four hours out out like in and out done done and dusted um, but she's young and she's hubristic and she wants to make this movie well, and, and she's not thinking about and yeah. i think that's one of the hard parts about the movie is like i do wish that it was a little bit more either heavy-handed that it was magical or heavy-handed that it was uh, hubris that w it was because like the the combination of both i could see I, I i think the combination of both is why this movie made almost 250 million dollars yeah but i personally from a storytelling perspective would have preferred if it was a little bit more magical or a little bit more hubris based i i am curious to hear your take on the 2016 blair witch i'm i'm, I'm curious to rewatch it myself actually because it's been a little bit but uh um, I, and I think we agree Justin is the Blair Witch, right? Yeah, of, yeah. of that triad. I think yeah. I, you're not a Mike, but you're definitely a Blair Witch type. I think that's yeah. uh, I need to revise it. I would be the Blair Witch probably. Um, <laughs> no, you'd be the you'd be the old lady in the trailer, like telling the folklore stories. Yeah, like, no, that, like, I a hundred percent would be that person. <laughs> Mary Brown. Like, Yo, get yeah. the fuck off my lawn! <laughs> what are these stupid kids doing here? She's got the go fur. away. She's got hands covered in fur and uh, very scary nails. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, well, I think it's, so this movie, it, like, I can't deny it was a phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, it, it made a ton of money. It definitely created a cultural zeitgeist. Um, and I think that that's something that, um, I love about horror films is I love the fact that they can be like we did Texas Chainsaw Massacre a few weeks ago. They can be this sort of like amazing moment uh that just captures the imagination uh and it captures the imagination through fear yeah um and i don't know like uh i just i'm not that afraid of the forest like and there uh maybe if i've been in like maybe if it was set in siberia but like the thing that they kept saying is like this is america you should just be able to walk in a direction the and go again they just kept saying no man, this is America. This doesn't happen in America. I'm like, exactly. This is exactly why it would happen in America. That's what I'm saying. Because somebody's running around in the woods yelling, "This is America." Yeah, it's it's the hubris again. It's like they assumed that because they are young and because they are American, that nothing bad could ever happen to them. And of course, that's the dawning realization of the dawning horror. But again, Jabin, you you are representing a a definite like large portion of the audience of this movie when this first came out. It was pretty even split. I even remember just talking with friends. I would have been in like early or middle school or high school or something like that at this point. And like even my friends who saw were like right down the middle. Uh, and there were some people who 
got sick from watching the movie yeah. because of like the the shaky movements. There were people that passed out, that walked out of the theater, and there were some people that were genuinely terrified by this movie. You know, and uh, I I always found it really scary. Like I really do think it's a very scary, very effective movie because I'm always going to be more afraid of things I don't see than things mm-hmm. I see. And you don't see anything in this movie, uh, but it really does build that mounting dread. I think the the section leading up to the big climax at the house is so tense. Like, and yeah, a lot of it comes from the characters like arguing and bickering and making poor decisions. But it does help build into kind of the mania that they're experiencing, and there is this kind of intimacy of being from their perspective for so much of this, like through these cameras, we are in this situation with them and it's, it is very unnerving. I find, I don't know. I I do agree that it's unnerving. I just like, like, it's like if I, if you watch this for me and like there was a graph of my, um, my responses, it would be, uh, aggravated, (laughs) uh, for 80 minutes, Mm -hmm. uh, scared for 15 seconds (laughs) of, (laughs) Oh come on! That segment is at least two minutes. But I don't know. Like there are things I like about it. I do like some of the night sequences. I do like the confession where she is um, like apologizing for being such a um, a jerk about getting everyone lost. I mean, that's Um, a really good performance. That really is. Like that scene is made fun of a lot. Like. Was it scary movie where they're making her have all the big snot bubbles? Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. So, like, they, you know, it's been made fun of to death, but it is still an incredibly effective moment. Justin, I haven't even asked you where you came down on this movie. Is this one that you, uh, did you respond to this at um, all? I mean, you, you sped through some of it. I, I like atmospheric horror a lot, um, but I was getting, you were, you were getting moments that were like, good atmosphere and like scary stuff creepy stuff was happening yeah and then we'd cut to all right the next 15 minutes is going to be them just yelling at each other um the whole map sequence was like one and this question came up while i was watching it as well as now how do you kick a map how do you kick a piece of paper (laughs) i mean i imagine he was maybe he crumbled it and maybe threw it maybe I, i imagine he's just being like you know, descriptive, you know, he just chucked it into the river, but yeah, he did. He did say kicked it into the river. So look, Hey, maybe it was on the ba- banks and he like scooted it with his foot. Or something. I was going to say, cause like I, if he got that one shot into the river, like even if you, if you crumple it up, I guess you can probably give it a go. Yeah. I've never been coordinated enough to do that. And I guess that I, uh, I could kick a map. I could kick a map. I don't think, I think the problem was the map. map would fall down and then you'd have to kick it again and again See, and then you're just sort of like, like ripping it apart with J-Bam your feet. Once, when you uh, put it that way. Up, she just balled up a map and then like held it for me to kick and when I went to go get it, she moved it and I said, R again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fell right over. <laughs> we didn't watch uh, Charlie Brown and the Great Pumpkin. Um yeah, I feel like I could eventually kick a map, but I'm not getting it without somebody going, what the fuck are you doing over yeah, there? Yeah, I do think yeah, they would have, I think you'd notice it. And like, honestly, because it just, so, like, you're right about hubris, but like, I don't think anybody in their right mind would have like gotten rid of the map, like, even if it wasn't being very effective, like you would have been like, uh, hopefully we'll find our way eventually with the use of the map. But he's um, also hot-headed. Like, that's that's Mike's character is that like, he he's He's the aggressor for so much of it, which is like why I think it makes it extra poignant when we get to like kind of the final third. So Josh is the first of the three to go missing. 
in wake this... up in the middle of the night he's just gone and from then on like mike and heather are just kind of like they stop fighting they stop bickering they're very supportive of each other and they're just i think they just realize that they're the last two people that they're gonna see mm-hmm. and they better be nice to each other it makes it very poignant i think like, I, I do think it, it makes go. it poignant um i just think it's like again it's just real difficult to, to like these people who are making really like i i love horror when people make generally smart decisions um or at least understandable decisions like in midsummer uh one of the transgressions that like was treated like he was a fucking moron was like he was taking a leak on a sacred tree yeah but he had no idea that it was a sacred tree there was no way for him to know that no. so it was just definitely more believable uh like in the the sort of initial um they kicked the cairn over um of of rocks and it's like that i could be on board with but later on they just keep making decisions that are just really bad decisions and like the the thing to me is when when it when it comes to them going uh in circles yeah i think at that point that was i think the moment that josh kicked that karen uh that was the moment where they were being punished now yeah um and so uh, I think that I th- I think that it was magic or mysticism that was making them go into a circle because they were even saying like no we went west like all three of them were in agreement that like no no we didn't go like we we went in a circle but we didn't go in a circle yeah we were going the same general direction the whole time yeah they they were flabbergasted like there's no way we're back here. And I think that was the moment where they were like they they were in the witch's world now. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I want to shout out the filmmaking a little bit because that, that is one of the big complaints against this movie is like there's so much shaky cam. It looks so amateurish. They're bumping the camera into marshmallows, things like that. But into marshmallows? Yeah. You remember in the early on they're grocery shopping and she's, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's like resting in the marshmallows. I thought yeah. that was funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's but, the shit I do. I want to give them a lot of credit because I think the master stroke of this movie is having the two different cameras. So they have the yes. color camera that has native sound and then they have a black and white camera that's only picking up the sound from the other camera. Mm-hmm. So when we get to the final showdown in the house, we are hearing, we are seeing things from Heather's perspective because she's holding the black and white camera, but we're hearing her screams from a distance. Like it sounds like so isolated. So the camera, that, the sounds that we're hearing are whatever's happening to Mike. Like, and we don't hear anything. And that's something so much creepier about that. that. Like, he just gets grabbed, he drops the camera, and then he is just standing in the corner. We're not hearing whispering voices telling him to go in the corner. We're not telling any of that. And then just hearing her screams, like, through the uh, quieter mic. I think that's really effective. I think that's a smart That is decision. effective. And I think it, like, with the story earlier on about the um, the children being kidnapped mm-hmm. um, and put, put in the corner, which is what they shot that after they wrapped filming. Yeah. Uh, because they were, like, um, they were thinking about ending it a couple of different ways. And instead, they just, like, decided to end it the way they wanted to end it. But they inserted... Um, that interview earlier on so that there's a reason why he's in the corner. I mean, interestingly, this was originally um, a sequel to Dirty Dancing (laughs) because somebody is putting somebody babies in the corner. That's Uh, me in the corner. (laughs) Yeah, Michael Stipe's doing it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think all of the stuff in the house I think is solid gold and I think so much of people's memories mm -hmm. of this movie are coming from that final showdown in the house. 
I I have a bit of a problem with that house sequence. Okay. And I think it makes sense uh, why they did what they did. But I, and my, my memory is a little bit hazy. But at one point, um, what was her name? Heather. The, was it Heather? Yeah. yeah. Oh, they just full on. Straight up. They they got you. I see what you're saying names. now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exact names. Um, Heather uh, found a like wrapped up thing. Yeah. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, that was parts of Josh. Yes, it was his teeth. And it was like his teeth flesh, yeah. and flesh. And uh, she just chose not to tell Mike about it. Yeah. But um, honestly, I, yeah. like, so let's say that's all supernatural. Uh, you didn't come into the woods with some sort of like salt. You didn't come oh, yeah. in with some some sort of a cross, a no, Bible, they're, they're some skeptics. holy water. They're like. Sick. That's the whole point. Like the movie that they're making, you can hear their commentary while they're making the movies that they think these people are hicks. Like they're only caring about finishing like this film project, you know, like they, they don't really, this isn't even intended to be like a wide release movie. This is a student film for a grade, you know, they are in college still. So they are yeah. being dismissive and uh, uh, condescending about everything that they're seeing in this town. But the, the thing to me is that, so uh, Josh is, Josh disappears. Yeah. And I believe that at some point that day, they hear Josh in the woods or in the night. It's that night. And, they hear him screaming. Yeah. And it's, they, they can't find him. No. And it, they're clearly just being led around the woods. Mm -hmm. And they come back. And I think Mike even says that couldn't have been him. No. He would have he said something different. Like he would have responded to what we were saying. And then that morning... She finds the remains of Josh, some remains of Josh, yeah. doesn't tell Mike about it, no. and then uh, be, then they charge into the, the house, into the basement, the place where they were told all the murders happened. Well, you also um, have to keep in mind, they, they are starving and terrified. manic and uh, terrified at this point. They're not... But it's like... The, the irrational decisions they make at the end of the movie, I think, are pretty understandable. If, it's the ones earlier on that people yeah, struggle if, with. Yeah, if she had, like, told him about that or showed him, then maybe. I don't know. Maybe I they think, would have approached that with slightly more caution I, than I think it did. was a sacrifice on her part. Like, I think she didn't want to, him to know what happened to Josh or that he was I, in bed, I also you know? think there's there's elements in this thing that like could one of the reasons why it had such legs is that you could argue that maybe Josh was the Blair Witch that he was fucking with them mm. like you could argue a lot of different things about this um, this surmise whether or not it's the Blair Witch whether or not it's the uh, creepy old dude who killed the children whether or not it's the um, the uh, people who killed the um, was it the soldiers? Um, yeah. Uh, and like, and so like, I, I feel like having these layers of mysteries helped build the mythos of the Blair Witch. Which is great because all we have to go on with the Blair Witch is just what local folk stories have to say. And they're all contradictory, Ooh. you know? So like, as far as we know, the Blair Witch is capable of anything. Uh, and so we, we don't we don't know and we're not going to get those answers and I think that's kind I, of the amazing part I think I just like put a few things together and came up with a theory that uh, is partially informed by us playing the game yeah um, and learning about how that ends but uh, so in each instance it's obviously like somebody goes crazy and murders people mm -hmm. um, out in the woods um, and then 
Josh goes missing. Yeah. And then somebody murdered them in the woods. Could that have been Josh turned crazy murderer? You know, it it could have been. I don't think there's any evidence to support it. You know, but yeah, like, yeah. I think I think uh, that, like that's a, that's a speculation. A, but that, a like theme. everything's kind of valid because we know so little about yeah. what this. Having not is watched of. any of the other Blair Witch movies, not knowing they're anything not going to help you. <laughs> but help you. Uh, do they do they not flesh out the mythology of the Blair the, Witch? The okay, game. so the second movie, the plot of the second movie is that the first movie is just a movie. Um, and people have started swarming on Burkittsville, Maryland as tourists, as fans of the Blair Witch Project because they want to find the Blair Witch. And then it turns out, oh, there is a real Blair Witch in this town that's not related to the So they retcon the whole first movie? They retcon the whole first now, movie. It's I nonsense. Now, I know an improv teacher who hates the move of somebody going, ah, cut, cut. This is uh, <laughs> this is all a movie. This isn't a real. Look, the one um, time I've liked it is. called The Rise of the Last Jedi. Yeah, <laughs> it, there you go. The one time I've liked things. it is when uh, uh, Wes Craven's new nightmare like it posited that all the Freddy movies were fake to contain a demon. I liked that. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, Blair Witch uh, 2 does it very poorly. But so in the game, though, it kind of establishes. Are we transitioning to the game? Transition. I think this is a good time to transition to the game. Um, yeah. Um, the game seems to uh, throw out the idea that the, the Blair Witch is haunting people in turning them into killers to a degree. Kind of, um, sorta, and we'll we'll let's let's talk about this game. Uh, so this game is just called Blair Witch. It was released August thirtieth, nine or two thousand nineteen, and it was developed by Bloober Team, published by Lionsgate Games, and it's available pretty much wherever you want to play it, uh, including on Oculus, which might have been an interesting way to try this out. Uh, no, I don't think intense. we needed that. No, yeah, you were <laughs> <laughs> we would have thrown up all over the place. Probably a little bit. Um, all right, so first of all, this is not the first Blair Witch game. There were a trilogy of Blair Witch games that came out in 2000 around the height of kind of Blair Witch fever. They're survival horror games. They were released across three chapters only a few weeks apart. Uh, and they they helped build out the mythology of the series in a lot of ways, but they weren't very well-received. Res- uh, well and they're kind of hard to find now. I wasn't really able to find any like freeware versions of these. Um, so they, they basically don't really exist unless you have an old PC and the CD ROMs still. Oh you wow! Uh, so, you didn't want to go to eBay and see how much those were going for. You know, I think I'm good. I, I don't. I don't have an old uh, uh, gateway or whatever. I don't know what's an old computer. Um, no, but gateway's right. The game we're talking about today, yeah, came out in 2019. It was developed by a Polish developer, better known for uh, an indie horror uh, game called Layers of Fear. Uh, and so this game is a sequel to the original film. It's set in 1996, so two years after the events of the first movie. And you play as a former police officer who goes out into the woods outside of Burkittsville to search for a missing boy. So this is a first-person survival horror game. Um, and the big mechanic here is that you've got a dog uh, that named Bullet who is going to kind of, he'll help you search for clues. He'll help you um, like fight enemies and dig that up That you stuff. can customize, which Steve made customized to look like his dog Rivet. Yes, I sure did. Yes. Um, and even then she barely, it barely looked like Rivet though. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I thought it was more of like a German Shepherd kind of. It's definitely uh, like a German Shepherd. And like the colors that you choose in that uh, customizing section don't seem to really translate into the game itself unless I press the wrong button. Because the game's also just really dark. It's very dark. Yeah. Um, but also uh, the dog is your uh, PTSD assistant. 
Yes, yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> we we kind of get to learn a little. I mean, this is uh, much more plot focused than any of the other Blair Witch properties. So this is we're following this guy. His name is Ellis, and we're starting to learn a little bit about him. We learn that like there is this big search party, but the other police didn't want him to be a part of it because he was a former police officer disgraced for some reason that we don't learn until uh, later in the game. And we don't even learn that he is a police officer. We just can we pick can up on yeah. the way that he's talking to them. Um, he, he refers to the sheriff as sir. Yeah. Um, and the sheriff seems to like genuinely be like, hey, you going to be okay? He's like, like begrudgingly letting him help. Yeah. But the other cops aren't really having anything to do with him. And to be fair, he's begrudgingly letting him help because he doesn't think it's good for Ethan? Uh, Ellis. Ellis, yeah, yeah. Ellis. Doesn't think it's good for him. Not yeah. the guy from Left 4 Dead. But no. Uh, but yeah, it, it, so we're, we're learning a little bit about his character as it goes on as we're looking for this boy. And this happens through flashbacks that are sometimes triggered. And uh, we're also finding video cameras. And I think this is a really clever element of this game that does a good job of tying it into kind of the found footage roots of the original. You find these little cam, you find a camcorder and you'll find little tapes scattered around the forest. And the tapes are actually a mechanic here. If you watch the tapes and like pause it at the right place, you can manipulate your reality. So I think the way you did it was you, you you're watching a videotape of a little boy playing with a toy police car. And when you froze it on the police car, the toy police car appeared in real life well, that you got to pick up. It was actually whenever the camcorder was on the part with the police car, right. the police car was there. Yes. And so you're it's nighttime in the dark. You're, you know, just at a campsite and you you kind of like go through it. And then if you're looking in the right general direction, which means you might have to, you know, pull away the camcorder, move around a little bit. You then, like, the, the car came in, and I noticed on the side of the screen, which is, you know, the outside world, not the camera, yeah. that the the police lights were flashing from the police car that the kid was playing with. And I yeah. was like, okay, all right. And then you, it doesn't, it doesn't tell you anything. It doesn't go, oh, yeah, you got it. You just go, I think this is it. And then you, you put yeah. the camera away, and you walk over, and you go, but it's okay. It's a clever way to incorporate like the the original film into kind of this new story. Um, most of what we were doing though was just kind of walking around in the woods, getting walking around lost. in the woods, getting lost. Which again, part of the experience of the yeah. Blair Witch. You I know? want to point out that. I was following the damn dog. <laughs> And I love dogs, but this dog was just running me in very large circles. And there's like a, a little bit of a mechanic of like if you if the dog is like going after, so like you pay attention to the dog. If the dog's sure. barking, it's either barking because it wants you to come find them or yeah. because it got too far away and it's got separated from you. Um, and then uh, the little guy also will growl at things that are uh, bad. And um, your character also starts to have a panic attack the longer he's separated from the dog. Yeah. Yes. Uh, because we learn he's like kind of a support animal. And then, uh, and so then we we got most of the way that we got just by following the dog. Yeah. And then the dog takes me around into four big circles, big old loops. Yeah. And then that's when we were like, eh, maybe we just watch a video on the rest of this. Because at this point, we're already. 30 40 minutes in and to be clear like this is not a very long game we we take took a look at the walkthrough yeah, after we three, played it it's like three a hours? three hour game so this is uh, a very doable but 
I think we were adding on to our time just by wandering around the woods because they're they're very dense. They look very similar. There's no real landmarks, and there's no real way that I could tell to indicate like where you were supposed to be going. Yeah, and like the the best thing that you have is like whatever color you chose for the dog's collar, and then like following that color because the dog runs. Yeah. Um, and you have to sprint to keep up, but then the dog is still outpacing you a little bit. So then you have to call the dog back and then the dog eventually comes back and then like stands there for a little bit and then takes off running again. And you just like continue doing that dance. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot of like fun and interesting atmospheric stuff. Um, I think, I think the game, there was a lot there's a major motion blur effect when you first start the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I turned that off after a little while and that helped. I and think. that helped. However, there's still like, and it could be that we were playing it on a TV and not necessarily a, a monitor. So it could be partly like the DPI scaling and stuff, but also, uh, maybe something else to do with the response time with the TV, but everything felt kind of muddy and blurry regardless like it yeah. just wasn't sharp or in focus which made it even more harder to follow a dog in the dark uh i did i i found the game enjoyable for the time that we played yeah. it and yeah. um i definitely like um could see like getting frustrated with it but so far i i, I by, by the time we finished playing with it i think we was like an in the initial frustration, um, which I think we could have plotted our way through. Yeah, um, if we wanted to, to take the, the three or so hours, but usually we put like 45 minutes to an hour into each one. Yeah. And we were, we were hitting that point, and we knew that there was going to be a lot more. Right. And I mean, yeah, it's, it's not a game to just easily... I say a lot more, but, you know, more. Yeah. I, we, we got enough of a flavor of it for sure, and we got to experience nighttime and the... The very strange kind of combat system here, which is just... Yeah. I wasn't really clear what was happening. J-Ban, could you tell what was happening here? So did, did we see the monsters? What I understood is that the dog was pointing to the monster. The monster would come, and you'd shine your light at the monster, and then the monster would... You'd kill the monster. Okay. Yeah, you uh, can't see that I'm nodding, but yeah. yeah. Uh, and then uh, you can see, like... Uh, uh, the best way I can think to describe it is like a reddish outline of the monster. So it was really in, um, in the distance yeah. whenever you hit it with the light. Okay. As it um, runs away. It was really interesting when I, when this first sort of rolled up, I was like, Oh no, I hope this isn't like vertigo. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> it's really interesting when you get these like horror, um, psychological thriller based games. And sometimes you're just like, that's not how psychology works, man. Uh, I did like the fact that they use um, a service animal. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really liked the fact yeah. that he was having um, anxiety attacks and his service animal was helping him with that. That I did enjoy. But this this um, was, yeah, you're right. This was much more hallucinatory. Yeah. Than, and well, yeah. and you find out later that he's accidentally murdered two people. And you're like, yeah, well, I'd be anxious too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd absolutely. have yeah. PTSD for sure. I already have a little bit of it. Yeah. I would have a lot of it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's where the movie is like just all very cinema verite. Like you are here kind of thing. This is, this is pretty trippy. It's, it's got like, you'll, you'll wander through the woods and then suddenly you'll be in like a, a world war one trench or what looks like a world war one trench turns out to be Gulf war, I think. But yeah. 
Uh, it, it looks like it's a much older uh, uh, like building at first. There wasn't really that many trenches. Probably not. Yeah, Especially not know. in the forest. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. But you know, it's not hey, a lot of forests in Iraq. He was he was like Back, combining uh, things in his head. But there were there were multiple endings yeah. to the game that we found out. Like uh, like your dog could live or die depending mostly on how well you treat it. Which I don't understand why you would mistreat your dog. This gives you a reprimand button. For like scolding your dog, I don't understand what monster would be using that. Mm-hmm. Look, He's it's a not good like boy, damn it. I, the worst thing that the dog did to us was barked as if they wanted us to like come to something, and then just led us to water so he could drink. And I was yeah. like, you know Same. what? That's I would fair. let him drink. I wouldn't care. My dogs would be useless <laughs> in a survival situation, but I would still love them as I was being eaten by a bear. And even My then, last it's like would be good dogs. It's not like the dog is like. Uh, you know, taking you over here because, you know, he sees a cute dog. Yeah. It's just like, no, I just need to drink something. And yeah. you're like, uh, hey, eh. I get it. Look, but- if I if I didn't feel comfortable leaving one of my friends uh, and I needed to go get my water bottle, I would probably be like, hey, can you come yeah. walk me to my water? Spoiler, uh, the end you find out that you're in a weird time loop where you are the kidnapper and you're not the kidnapper. Mm-hmm. And if you kill the kidnapper, then you become the kidnapper. Um, and so there's like this very narrow window where you can escape. But um, no, uh, I believe the alternate ending is that you don't escape, but you end the cycle. Is that so you just die? I mm. believe so. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's you know it's one move. I think I liked his uh, crazy mountain man covered in branches look, <laughs> though, so I might just do that. Um, uh, here's the uh, question though: Did either of you find this game very scary? I know we had a lot of like we had lights on, we had some uh, bustle because we were making lasagna. Justin but, like, found it scary. I, we yeah. did. We did turn some of the lights off, so it was definitely a lot darker. And I think it's a game that like borders on the edge. Yeah. Of like it could be scary, but you're trying to figure out what the hell you're looking at half the time because it's the middle of the night. You have a crappy flashlight and everything's blurry. Yeah. And so, uh, again, this could just be the particular setup that we were doing this on. But uh, in our experience, it was like it was just enough to um, uh, what's the term for like uh, reasonable disbelief or something? Suspension Suspension of of disbelief. disbelief. Yeah. You don't get that where you're like. You, you constantly get that little bit of immersion of like, oh, I'm playing a game. Yeah. Like, for example, in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Justin was yelping and screaming <laughs> yeah. um, and running around like with the like chicken with his head cut off um, um, because he was afraid he's going to get his head cut off. Like um, a chicken. <laughs> like I, with his head cut off. I am just I'm a really vocal person when I play games because like I've played a lot of Dead by Daylight and like even in games like Warzone or Apex, sometimes my friends are like that you sounded like R2-D2 running for your life. There and I was like, "Look, there was three of them and one of me." I mean, I was not. I was not having a good time. I think this game illustrates kind of an interesting difference between like what's scary in a film and what's scary in a game. Because I, I found like the reveal of like the threat in this game just being like an invisible monster that like flashes. Like sometimes your your flashlight will just get like really bright, but like that's that's kind of all you see of it. Um, until like later in the game and like I found that to be a little underwhelming um, like, I never I, really, I, never I, really the thing that the I found spooky was I do like 
found footage that like the little snippets that they had like oh my gosh they found out yes. the boy was being kidnapped yeah oh my gosh the, the what was going on in this situation uh and um i wouldn't i have to give props to my favorite uh found footage uh show um uh, archive 81 uh okay. which yeah, i it's a, it's a netflix series that came off of being a uh, a podcast oh. um and mm. it's so like the first season is so 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 good uh it's spectacular um i heartily recommend it because like and again it, like there's there's something a little spooky and nostalgic about these video cameras that we um uh, that people used to have and that you just have these videos of like of people just being people um and so for the video game, like I found the spookiest part of it was when you were watching the video. Especially yeah. because the videos in this game are the first video. You can't really tell the second video. You're like, Oh, I'm watching a boy get kidnapped. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little unnerving. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I found that to be more disturbing. I found like just the long moments of quiet in the dark is a little more disturbing, but once the threat actually rears its head mm-hmm. and it doesn't really feel like that much of yeah. a threat, that kind of uh, took a little of the wind out of it for me. But again, this is meant to be a pretty short game. Um, I, I think that was a complaint a lot of people had about this when it came out because it was like a $40 game oh, for like a three oh. and a half hour like playtime, which, you know, again, even with multiple endings, that's Play not the a forest lot. instead. But uh, yes, exactly. Yeah, Alice is upset the forest too. Yeah, it yeah, is, it's yeah. great. It's It's a fun time. Um, you know, but overall, I, this is not a terrible game. It's it's uh, got some cool ideas. It's really got like the execution isn't one hundred percent perfect, but I would see this through to the end. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I'm curious to like give it my own playthrough. Uh, fun fact: it is now six dollars. Oh, good. Oh, great. Okay, perfect. <laughs> see, even better. No, no excuse not to. Um, Although it is on sale, its normal price is twenty nine ninety nine. Oh, okay, because it it's Halloween Ooh, spooky, spooky season. There's a deluxe edition. Oh, there you go. Oh, More you, dogs. You get a soundtrack in the art. Okay. Oh, okay, that's fine. Um, well, do we have anything final to say about Blair Witch before we close out our month of spooky? <sighs> um, I'll say it in my final. Okay. Um, well, let's move on to our rankings then. Uh, is this? A good movie, a good game, a bad movie, bad game, or somewhere in between. Uh, I will start us off. Uh, I'm going good movie, good game. Um, I think, you know, I think this movie is a classic. Like, I understand that your mileage may vary on this one, but it really, really works for me. And it just kind of always has. I always think ba- uh, found footage gets kind of a bad rap uh, just because there there are plenty of bad ones. But I think... When it's executed well, uh, it's really impactful, and I think this is a good example of it executed well. And I think there's a reason that this one popped off while everybody's uh, little homemade student film did not. Um, I think there's a different level of skill going on to it, and the game is totally solid. Like this could have been, uh, this could have been a real disappointment, given that it's based on a license that had not really been relevant in almost 20 years, and it was like a pretty loose adaptation and. Uh, but I think it's solid. It's got some interesting ideas, some interesting um, gameplay mechanics, and Bullet's a real good boy. Uh, Jay Ben, how about you? Okay, I'm going to say I'm gonna, this is going to have a couple of provisos. Okay. Uh, I say for me personally, I think it's a bad movie. Okay. However, objectively, as a film historian, as a person who loves film and loves horror, it's it's a seminal work sure. of art uh, that, it, like, you cannot argue it's prolific nature 
uh, and it's um, some great performances. Some so it was so innovative um, that we still like we love the fake documentaries to this day. Yeah. Um, so I'm so in to say, well, I don't like it. It's um, it's. Oof. You get it. You I get, get it. You get, you get, get why it. it was big. Yeah. Uh, and I think the game is good. Yeah. I think the game is a fun uh, little entry into like, um, like yeah, don't pay forty bucks for it, but like if you get it for six bucks, yeah, you'll have a really enjoyable three hours playing it. Yeah. And Justin, how about you? Um, I, <laughs> I think I am more middle of the road on these. Uh, I I think it was an okay movie. Um, again, like I found it harder to care and to like the characters. Other than like, oh, these are people in the woods. Okay. Um, I wouldn't hang out with any of these people. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm sure Josh, honestly, if you didn't put him in the woods, would probably be all right. He seems like a chill. Um, dude. He seems like know. a chill dude. Yeah. But uh, they enter asshole territory real quick, and I just was like, eh. like, as far as movies go. If you, if either one of you were the first to die, I don't think it would affect me that much Ooh. other than being, you know, the first to die in a horror movie. Um, are you talking about us or are you no, talking about the characters? No, the, the movie. Okay. He's looking the us movie. dead in the eyes and saying, I, I don't care if either of you die. I first. think I'm staring. I think I'm looking at Folgers right now on the counter because my glasses are off. How I can't dare tell. you be smart? But it's a Folgers. red container. Um, Folgers, if you died. I could care less. That's J-Ban. She's across the room right now, okay? She's very small. All right? Very mean. She is wearing red. Yes. Um, but, uh, and I thought the game was okay. Uh, I, think, I think. I love that all three of us are like complicated answers about the movie. And then game was okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think I had small issues with it. Um, but it seems like a small, lower budget game. I think my biggest issue with it is the price tag for sure. Um, yeah. I feel like the forest is almost always cheaper than this. So probably, um, well, at least with if it's full price, very often. Um, so well, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was a f- an enjoyable experience, and uh, I think what was happening was that uh, I was encountering not quite a bug, but like a little little issue where a thing was supposed to trigger. But I don't think I was going close enough to that thing to trigger. Yeah, oh, and so happening. it was then because the dog wasn't quite leading me to the thing. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like seeing what it, we'd already approached what the item that was in question once. And I think the second time I approached it uh, after going on a little more of an adventure, something different was supposed to happen. But I just kept walking. I kept seeing it and going, yeah, yeah, this is the thing. Yeah. And then walking along the general direction the dog went and kind of ignoring it. And then not knowing where the dog was and calling the dog. And the dog took back off on the path we just took. Okay. Um, and so that might have been Endless operator error. round and round. Again, and round it's a time loop. It's all I, time I loop. thought that the, the first time I'm like, okay, we're definitely doubling back. Yeah. Maybe something different's going to happen. And then nothing different happened. And I'm like, maybe I missed something. <laughs> and so then, like, I think the answer to all of that was yes, I missed something and something was supposed to happen. Yeah. But eventually I was like, all right. Just yeah, we just gonna move on. Let's yeah. move on. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our spooky month. Thank you, everybody, well, for listening. Is currently for, uh, five dollars. See, and that's very current because this is happening. This and is coming out almost immediately. It's max price is twenty. Okay, it's regular price. 
Uh, so, yes, thank you, everybody, for uh, watching a bunch of scary movies with us. Uh, next week is going to be a J-Band's Choice, which... Uh, inadvertently triggered a miniseries. Yep. Uh, so uh, I'm excited. Tell us what we're going to be watching. Is that like watching. the we Daily going, Double? Yes. yes kind uh, of. Kind of. Uh, we are going to be watching Alien. The Alien, which means we are doing the entire Alien quadrilogy throughout the month of November. So that's We're not Alien. doing Alien vs. Predator? We are not. <laughs> no. no is that, when we is... do Predator, are we going to do a miniseries for Predator? And then we're going to unlock the this is, Alien vs. Predator miniseries? This is all complicated because any Alien vs. Predator game out there is based on the comic book, not on the movie. So like, oh. it de technically doesn't match our standards. But... The four movies we're going to be talking about, Alien, Aliens, Alien 3, and Alien Resurrection, the original four games, uh, there are four movies in that series, which I'm going to go out on a limb right now and tell people, this is my favorite film franchise of all time. Ooh, I did not know oh. that. I am an Alien fanatic. Ooh. I think all four of these movies are incredible in their own ways. Like Some, some are a little more open to discussion, but uh, I'm excited to get into all of these. Also, probably the most selection of games we have to go through just because there are so many games based on just aliens alone like we're gonna have so many games to pick and choose from to sort of talk about so i'm deeply excited some of them it. were much better than others some of them are much better than others next week in we fact just... few of them were much better it's true but others. next week we'll be talking about the 1979 ridley scott original and the atari game that came out with it arguably the first video game movie tie-in so no. maybe the origins of our show right here are we oh. Are we watching the director's cut or the theatrical release? Follow your heart. Release. Follow your heart. Okay. Yeah, they're right. they're both good. Honestly, the the director's cut just makes like one character's death a little longer. Um, okay. But when we get to Alien Three, I'll make you all watch the director's cut because holy shit, it's unbelievable. Okay. Um, all right. Okay. Well, we will uh, see you all next week for Alien. Uh, see you soon, everybody. Adios. I am so scared. Okay. That's my one, <laughs> That's my one reference I'm doing. Fun fact. Why the, are you uh, laughing? The soundtrack for number two. Oh my god! That's so solid. You got P.O.D. Oh my god! Oh, Tommy no, Iommi god. and Dave Grohl. No. Rob Zombie, System of a Down. Yeah, this is right in your Marilyn Q zone. Marilyn Manson. Right in your Q um, zone. Nickelback. Oh Why? <laughs> um, Wait, now you're judging of Nickelback of all yeah, those at options. At the drive-in, Queens of the Stone Age. I love Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah, solid right. Soundtrack. So. It's it's an interesting soundtrack. Uh, okay, All well, right. listen to the soundtrack. Don't watch the movie. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye.